back, nerds. It's Play Games, Lose Friends. I am Ryan, here with Ken. This is episode 27. It's uh, it's January, and we're just about wrapping up the month here. Yep. And it's our second episode of the year, and we're kind of starting, I guess, a new annual tradition. Is that the plan with this, you think? I hope so. Let's see. I think we can so keep I, it going. I think we're going to – we're going to try an annual tradition where we rate our top 50 games. Uh, there's a lot of other podcasts, board game podcasts that do this kind of thing. So we felt, well, let's just be like everyone else and do it too. So we are <laughs> doing our own version. Uh, I did listen to Board Game Barrage recently and they kind of do the same thing. And they, uh, I'm going to steal their format a little bit in that we're going to try to keep the descriptions to a minute. Otherwise, this episode will be seven hours long. But we're going to go through 50 <laughs> through 26 this episode keep it about a minute per game uh and then next episode we're going to do 25 through one and talk about our top game so uh i'm excited it took me a while to do the list how about you yeah i am i I tried the the service there was a there's a website called pub meeple uh that you can upload a list that too and it sort of does it like a tinder style thing but i think i screwed it up and wasn't paying attention and when lisp it out, I'm like, that's not even close. So, um, so I was like, all right, let me go back to the list that I used to import and then just started sort of going one at a time. Right. So whatever the top two were, it's like, okay, which one do I think is, which one do I like more? Okay. Let's move that one below it. Then I would go to the number three. Okay. Where does that one fit between these two? Okay. And then he just sort of kept building it. And then once it's all sort of ranked. I took a look at it and was like, okay, I can move this guy here, this guy there. This feels good. So um so how, so, how yeah. many hours do you think you spent ranking fifty games? Uh maybe about two. M- going more back than and you forth. care to well, okay that, that's yeah. not too bad. It's not too I bad, but I put put about ninety was, into mine. Yeah. It was definitely I could definitely spend two hours doing something else but it was good to get (laughs) but that's the thing now i have it now i have it and then the goal is as new games come into the mix you just add them to the list and then resort it for next year so it should get easier as we go i think well for you dear listeners three and a half hours is nothing for ranking 50 board games so hopefully you enjoy our lists and and learn a little bit about not only the games we talk about, but the, the games we love and, and us as gamers, you know, because you're probably never going to meet us in real life. But hey, it's okay. All right. Uh, before we get rolling, how about some some shout outs some plugs? What do you got? Uh, so we have a couple things, uh, as always. Um, our friends over at the Drunken Disordered podcast. Uh, it is a podcast about uh, Kings of War and the tabletop scene. Uh, the fellas just got back from a tournament this weekend, took down first and third place. I think if I remember the statistics out of the GTs so far this year, they placed in four of the five, if I'm not mistaken. Did I read that correctly? So, uh, yeah. our boys are, are building a dynasty, uh, on the tabletop. The scene, likes so of which have never been seen in the <laughs> <Yes>. Northeast. <laughs> not all heroes wear capes, they wear robes or softball jerseys. Yeah, that's true. We do have jerseys. We're that cool. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's the Drunken Disordered podcast. Check them out. Uh, if you know, if you like tabletop games or you just like to hear sort of the, the meta of a tabletop game uh, and the tournament scene, they break it down, go through army lists. I guess there's a r- new rule book that just came out. So lots of stuff coming down the pike there as far as content. Um, and then another shout out, uh, one of our friends. 
uh, is uh, runs his own uh, sports cards and memorabilia uh, shop called DGN Sports Cards. That's dgnsportscards.com. Uh, basically, the best prices you can find, um, in my opinion, on some of the stuff that uh, is uh, non-sports related that he uh, gets in that I, you know, am his customer for. So uh, that's dgnsportscards.com. We just uh, we keep working on them on stocking board games because they're yeah getting a larger uh, a larger footprint in terms of uh, square footage soon. So yes, real nice estate is increasing someday. Yeah, we're just going to keep working on until he does it, even though the margin keep- is probably not great at all. <laughs> but well, hey. if there's a if there's a margin to be had when it comes to board games and board game prices, it would be him. Would I have be, all the uh, faith in him. It would be Rob. That's right. I think I believe in you, Rob. I know you can do yes. it for us someday. We'll you have see. two customers already lined up. <laughs> you do. I would rather buy there than anywhere else. 100%. Even if it's an hour away. <laughs> I mean, that's seriously why I drive out there. Uh, I sent a picture of my son buying Pokemon cards at Target the other day that he was cheating on him. But uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, I'll make the drive because of the prices. It's that it's worth it. Plus, he's a friend. So, that's DJ right. Sports Cards. And I hear his uh, front of house clerk, top notch service too. Excellent, excellent customer service. Fine, young man. All right, let's uh, let's get into our drinkies here, and then we can get this list rolling because I'm excited to hear what you okay. have. Uh, so, what, what what beverage did you choose to start this out? Um, so, if you have been living under a rock, um, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, have just made it to the Super Bowl, so. I am abstaining from alcohol tonight because I have been basically drinking since Friday. So, <laughs> um, I am having a nice eight and a half percent double hopped H2O. Uh, it's clear. It's crisp. It tastes, you know, a little fruity because it's in a Gatorade bottle. So, um, yeah, so that's what I'm drinking. How about you, Ryan? Purifying, I see. I, I got yeah. you. Uh, I, I want to cleanse. <laughs> I will drink for you tonight, and uh, I have a Dewey El Trono Mexican lager, which is ah, nice and light. So I have a, uh, a very special brew that Joe gave me uh, around Christmas time that I'm going to whip out of the fridge upstairs for the uh, the top game next episode. So, um, in the meantime, I'm filling it with a very light and tasty lager from Dewey. But yeah, not much to say about it. It's a Mexican lager. You can't can't go wrong. Very affordable. Very light. Nice little. Uh, nightcap before you hit sack so and dewey uh, is an amazing dewey's an amazing brewery uh i remember uh i was there three years ago um it's just uh it was an amazing uh experience just to go they have uh the whole front of their store is basically just like uh, bombay doors where they just open the doors to the restaurant suite and you can walk in right from the restaurant or hang out there right on the edge um it's a beautiful brewery um specializing in uh IPAs and sours, and sours, sours. Well, I was surprised to see a Mexican lager yeah. from them, and I was like, well, "That's probably pretty good. I'll pick that up." I never had it, but I'm, I don't think I've ever had a Mexican lager I didn't really care for. Even Corona, I can drink that if I have to. Yeah, but uh, and, and honestly, it was probably like a limited, like a limited release or a limited small batch or something too. Yeah, I can't say I've seen it anywhere else, and I. I didn't really look for cans or bottles, but I certainly didn't see another keg. They had plenty of the the fruited sours and the you know those basically health shakes with alcohol in them. But uh, 
none, none of this. So I was glad to find it and it was pretty affordable too. So yeah, that's Dewey Brewing's El Trono Mexican Lager. Very good. And I cannot wait to crack the can for the next one. So cheers to you, Joe. I will, I will promise you that I will open it in two weeks and savor the flavor as it were. Yeah. My, I might All have right. to crack a bottle of champagne for that. <laughs> you uh, do some ASMR with the bubbles and the cork popping. Although that's the Super Bowl weekend, so we might have to push it because I may not be in any condition to to tape after the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to schedule around uh, <laughs> either Philadelphia either ahead or after. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> e a g l e s. All right. Now that I'm done throwing up into my mouth, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna go over our top fifty games that uh, in, in our own personal ranking of all time. These are games that we have had to have played at least once, which is amazing to think that a game you've only played once could be in your top 50. But to be completely honest, I sat down and thought about this beforehand, and I was thinking, you know, it's kind of hard to rank 50 games. I've played a lot of games, but I don't – I do own a lot of games, but I don't play all of them all the time. You know, our, our playtime at this point in our lives is kind of limited just from family activities and work and everything else. And it was, it felt kind of dirty to like go through and create a list where there might be a couple games in there that I've only played once. But then I started thinking about them like the ones that I've played on here, I've played so many games, I feel like I can justify, you know, sticking something and I've only played one or two times in this list because I know in context of many of the other games we've played over the years, just how good this was to me. So I don't know if you, if you kind of had that experience while you were making this list or, or, that inkling or feeling that maybe this doesn't belong in here because I haven't played it enough, but it was just so good that you kept it on. Yeah. So I have, I was just, as you were talking, I was just skimming the list. Um, and I actually, I know we were texting earlier. I only have a few very, I can count on one hand. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, I can count on one hand of my top 50, uh, that I've played once or twice. Other than that, they've all been multiple plays, three or more. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, I am looking you know, through it, and there's probably – actually, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there aren't that many that I've only played once or twice. And honestly, actually, the, the few that <laughs> – Oh, no, there's there's two. Sorry, there's two. Let's see. So, I got – yeah, I got one, two. Let's see. Two. This is riveting radio, folks. I've got three. That's it on my list. Yeah, I, I think I have two, maybe three, but yeah, I don't know. Now, so. granted, one of the three is in the top ten. <laughs> oh but, boy! And you know what that one's going to be. But the others yes, are actually in because the that's other one ones, of the ones I have. <laughs> the other ones will be on this list today. The other two will be on this list, and I'll mention them. But okay, all right. Well, without further ado, let's get rolling. Uh, you want to kick us off with number fifty on your all-time games all-time favorite games list yes so actually you know what i fibbed this is the this is the fourth <laughs> it's my number 50 um but i've played actually i've played it a couple times but it's all in one sort of session so i don't know if that counts or not but number 50 is a ginormous 100 plus hour campaign game however the experience i had playing it i think it um you know when you hear it you might think other games might be lower on this list, but unfortunately, this uh, beat the other game out. And this game is called Kingdom Death Monster, is my number 50. Uh, I got to play this several times in, in one setting. 
you know, a couple different hunts, a couple different town phases. Uh, yeah, maybe it was like two or three sessions, but it, it's been a while, um, since I've been able to play it. But, uh, this game just, you know, it, there's, there are things that other games have done, um, like it. Uh, there might be one on my list later that does a portion of it a little better. Um, but the civilization phase or the town camp phase of Kingdom Death Monster is probably one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done in a game. Uh, and I could just play that part of the game. I don't need to go out and hunt lions and cut off their testicles. I could just go into the, you know, the camp phase. I did not procreate. know that was an option. Yeah. Procreate. I could make weapons out of bones. Uh, and, and, so you and can equip my characters. Screw, whittle a knife and what else? <laughs> yes. I can see where your, your, you know, your affinity for this is coming from knowing you. Yeah. It's very, it's very neat, neat, unique, uh, in its theme. It's very dark. Um, not necessarily for children. Um, but the crafting, the, the character mechanisms, um, the choices, it's just, it's just sings in that town phase for me. So that's number 50, Kingdom Death Monster. I have never played it. I've always wanted to, and I know it's very hard to get. So yep. someday, someday. My assumption is I won't be able to play it more and it will leave the list. But for right now, out of the top 50, uh, that's definitely there. It's a good one. Uh, 50 for me, number 50, I'm, I'm putting this one at 50, but I feel like it could be higher, but it's just hard because it's been so long and that is uh pandemic season one. So pandemic season one, other than, uh, you know, one or two other games in this list are one of, it was one of the first big cooperative campaign style games, legacy style games I've ever played where you rip up cards and you open boxes and you tear open bags and all this other stuff, put stickers on the board. It was one of the most interesting campaign co-op experiences I've ever had. The story was actually pretty good. Um, I never played anything like it at the time that I played it, and it holds such a, a special place in my gaming history because my wife and I played through it as one of the first like long sit-down co-op uh, campaign games we ever played, and we both loved it. It was challenging. It was interesting. Mechanics were good. Um just a really, really solid legacy campaign experience. So if you're ever looking for one of those, I highly recommend the Pandemic series. I did not like Season 2 very much. Um, they changed the mechanics around a bit, and it was kind of just weird. and didn't enjoy it. Um, I haven't played Season 0 yet, but I've heard that's really good too. But Season 1 was an absolute classic. If you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. That was number 50 for me, Pandemic Season 1. So I have never played the Pandemic Legacy games. I I owned season, I think it was two at one point. I got it on clearance, and then I had traded it uh, to someone who um, actually knew they could get it to the table before I would even barely scratch that uh, drink <laughs> open. So, um, but I've always heard good things about the original, which was number one. And again, yeah. I heard the mixed signals on two, but zero, I heard. Uh, was potentially even better than better the first. than one. I've heard the same, yeah. so I'm gonna have to give it a shot so, at some point. All right, my number forty nine was a game that was brought to PAX this year, but unfortunately did not get to see the table because of Cat in the Box. Um, <laughs> I blame that because we played that the most. But uh, <laughs> um, and this is one of the games that I have only played uh, one time prior 
Uh, and uh, it is a game from Simon. It's basically a uh, deception game with a tug-of-war mechanic called Dogs of War. Um, I just remember playing this uh, with a different gaming group a few years back, and the experience was so great, and then it was just hilarious. At the end, people didn't know who was who, and you know the, the game was so chaotic, but yet still very strategic in what you're trying to do. And um, I think with more plays, this could get higher on our lists, specifically with our, our gaming group right now. I think would really enjoy this Dogs of War, uh, tug of war, um, hidden sort of hidden information type game. Um, and, and like I said, I, I just think it'll grow on our list is the more we get to play it, but it's one of those. It's the box is more intimidating than the game actually is. Setup isn't too bad for a Simon game, uh, but that's Dogs of War. Yeah. We'll have to try it at some point. I mean, you've, you've talked it up. So we need to play it. Maybe that's the the next time we do a choose your own board game night. That's what we do. Cause it's, it's just something I keep hearing about. Uh, 49. All right. We are already moving along. 49 for me is one. I know you definitely have higher in your list, but I only have had one or two plays of it, but I enjoyed it enough in my playtime to put it on my top 50 because it's one of those games that probably deserves to be up there just on sheer mechanics and interest and, and, especially when playing with the right people. And that's Ark Nova. Um, I played a crap load of Terraforming Mars, which we talked about last episode. Ark Nova just replaces it for me. I think Terraforming Mars is a very good game. I think Ark Nova is a better game. I like the theme better. I like the, you know, the play better. I like the mitigation of the deck a little bit more than, than Terraforming Mars offers you. I think the combinations of cards that are out there, uh, similar to some cases in Terraforming Mars, but a lot different in other ways for Ark Nova, are a lot of fun to find. I think the polyomino side of it is very fun um, and challenging. There's just a, It fires on a lot of cylinders and just has replaced my desire to play Terraforming Mars to the point where it's now sitting in my purge pile. So um, maybe I will pick up Ark Nova at some point or, or just we'll play together more frequently. But that is number 49 for me. Uh, released what last year? Arc Nova. Yes, uh, Arc Nova. You will, we will be talking about again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so my number forty-eight is a game that basically doesn't exist anymore. There's going to be a little bit of a resurgence, probably late this year, early next. But <clears throat> my gut is it's still not going to take hold. Um, but I I've loved it. Uh, I've been stockpiling it as I see it and as I can find it because one day I have this dream of ripping them open and playing again. And that is a unique game called Keyforge. And uh, basically what Keyforge is, is you get a deck of cards and that's your deck to play with. It's got unique ways to play the cards and, and, and how you're um, going turn to turn with another player. Uh, I, I played in a lot of tournaments when this game first came out uh, at one of the packs when it premiered at packs. What was that year two? Um, I played in two or three tournaments that day. We played in the lobby when we got back. Um, I, I just, I, I love, I love a simple, you know, deck of card game. And, um, but yet that adds so much strategic depth to it. 
I loved the, you never knew what you were going to get. I felt it was pretty fair for the most part. Um, and it was, uh, again, it was a game that I really, I really, really enjoyed. Again, I do see it falling off as years go by because I will, all the product that I own will collect more and more dust and uh, <laughs> I probably won't be buying new stuff. Um, even though, again, like I said, I think they're going to be bringing it back, uh, late, late 23 or early 24, but it didn't hook me on the game found campaign. So that just goes to show potentially where this thing's going to go from, in my opinion. Um, but I, I really loved Keyforge and still do. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I didn't even think about Keyforge, but I, I'd enjoyed it too. It kept the balance that magic sometimes got away from. Um, although you could also, open some real turds once in a while. And that made yeah. playing that much harder, but it also was a bit of a testament to your skill as a player, if you could make it work. So I do think that was a very unique idea and it's kind of a shame it went away, but I, I would imagine, yeah, we'll probably see it again in some form. Uh, 48 for me was one that you introduced me to. And uh, it's Imhotep from Phil Walker Harding. I thought that game when we first played, it was extremely <laughs> clever. Nice. Yeah, it was, um, very simple in its play. Uh, you're trying to basically outscore your opponents in a variety of different different ways by building certain types of monuments in ancient Egypt. There's a whole, um, you know, sort of push and pull on scoring areas, uh, trying to, you know, determine when to send a boat across to benefit yourself or screw your opponent. There's just a lot of really great choices in such a tight little package. And I thought the design was just extremely well done and clean and, and very brilliant. So, and as is the case with many Phil Walker Harding, Harding titles, he, you know, he nailed it with that one. So I think Imhotep is highly underrated as a, an excellent filler game. Doesn't take too long to play and it's just full, chock full of really, really tough decisions. So that's my number 48, Imhotep from Phil Walker Harding. Man, that's crazy. I didn't think that would be on your list. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's just, like I said, it's just full of really good, difficult choices. And the more yeah. you're playing at four players, it's just so much fun. There's so many, like, God, no moments. Yeah. I, yeah, I have to add that to the list for next year. <laughs> See if it makes <laughs> it into the top 50. Um, so my number 47 uh, was a game I've played a lot uh, with a lot of different people, a lot of different groups. Um, this one is really fun with uh, some younger children in the family or a family weight with, with younger children. Um, and it is a silly, silly, silly game uh, called Rise or Fall. And uh, what you are is a clique in high school. You could be the jocks, the nerds, the skaters, the goss, the band geeks. Uh, and again, the theme is more of just, uh, you know, for fun. But um, basically, you are, um, you basically talk smack about other cliques. You try to defend if people are talking smack about you. Um, or you just remain neutral and hope that works out. And you use fame points uh, for your popularity of your clique. Uh, and at the end of X amount of turns or whatever, whoever has, I guess, yeah, actually it's eliminator style. So once you don't have any popularity, you flip your game board down. When it comes to the last two clicks alive, so to speak, you both flip and whoever has the most popularity wins. Uh, real simple, real fun, real silly. Um, but every time we play it, people seem to gravitate. I don't know if it's the, um, homage to the theme 
Because you get, you go back to high school and you're like, oh, I was kind of like these people, or you remember talking smack about those people. But again, it has nothing really to do with the game other than just a, an aesthetic in your shield that hides how much popularity you actually have. But is it, is it card again, based? It, no, it's just, uh, yeah, there's like, um, yeah, you have like five different actions or something like that. You can, something like that you can call. So I was going to ask if um, you got the parachute pants card. <laughs> No, it's not like or, that. Or it's or just more of like CD card. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I I think I don't even know if the skaters even had big pants back then in this <laughs> in this version of it. But um, but yeah, uh, rise or fall. It's cute. Uh, uh, more and more people, the more I get to introduce it, they they seem to dig it. So uh, I can definitely see it still having some play uh, every you know once or twice a year, uh, depending on the groups. Yeah, you need to introduce me to this game. We need to try it. Yeah, it's silly fun, but those are sometimes the best games. Yeah. All right, 47 for me is a relatively new addition to the collection, but a classic game, I think, as many people have, that have played it would agree, and that is Libertalia, but this is the Stonemaier version, Winds of Galecrest. Um, played it a handful of times now. Uh, it's just one of those awesome simple yet competitive filler games that's just full of fun decisions if you're noticing a bit of a theme from the last one um i think the reprint or redesign of the game that stonemeyer did was very well done i love the art it's always high quality when you get stuff from stonemeyer but i think the game itself just translated well to the the newer format they fixed some of the issues with the old games i think the um the interplay and counterplay of the cards is just straight up fun and trying to compete for the limited resources or treasure tokens that you get every round is also fun. I just think it's one of those like super classic filler games that if you have four people and you're looking for something to do in, you know, 45 minutes um, in between something else, or even a half hour, if your group is quick, it's just one of those classic filler games. So I love Libertalia. I will keep playing Winds of Galecrest for as long as possible, and that's slotted in at number 47 on my list, Libertalia Winds of Galecrest from Stonemaier Games. I agree. Libertalia should be on the list. It's good. Also, also one of my favorites, so we'll see when I'll unveil it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 46. We are moving. So f 46 for me – was actually one of our group's favorite games for a very long time. Um, and we played it. It's, I guess it's been out for many years. Um, we've played it in social settings. Oh, we've I know played what it is. Um, at conventions. It's made us laugh. It's, you know, started rivalries. Heck, we almost had t-shirts made, uh, <laughs> at one point about it. Um, and this is a very simple social deduction game. And I'm not a huge social deduction fan. I don't really play them very well, but this game uh, just was so unique uh, for what it did. Uh, and it's a game called Masquerade. I, one of our fondest memories was uh, one of our friends also, uh, who we almost made shirts about regarding Masquerade. <laughs> um, we still should. He, uh, he moved across the country a few years back and the, the night of his sort Hi, of going Eric. away, <laughs> we uh, we played his version of Masquerade and whoever – was it whoever won got to deface one of the cards with a marker? Yes. Um, and honestly, that's my favorite edition of the game. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just remember some really awful things being <laughs> written on those cards. <laughs> there, that was and during I, a phase where one of them was drawing on things all the time every time they went somewhere, right? 
I think so. Yeah, I feel like that uh, that was relevant at the time, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I guess it was more of a, an homage to our friendships, I guess. But yes, uh, um, but I guess he ended up playing that game with his family later, and some of the cards were pretty awful. <laughs> uh, but the story is great, and we love it. We love Masquerade. We love we love our friends, and we love defacing things out of fun. So uh, that's Masquerade. What a classic game. Uh, we've played this so many times, and every time we play it, people love it. Um, the oh. only thing that I have as a knock is that there's just so many characters, and the player count changes who you include. So if you play yeah. with the same people, different player count, and they see this other character, they're like, what the hell is that? I've never seen that before. But then it just introduces a whole new level of hilariousness to the game. And no matter what you do, if you play that game sober, drunk, whatever, you're not going to remember after a while. And that's what makes it so great. <laughs> it just becomes – chaos controlled chaos very quickly so excellent choice uh, number 46 for me is one that's a family favorite for this family and probably many others and it's a simon release called potion explosion we picked this up a very long time ago the, the general conceit of the game is basically trying to brew potions and there's a grid of marbles that drop down from like a, a feed in the back of all different colors and those represent your ingredients and you're able to draw a few on your turn but you can combo them together if uh, like marbles click together after you've taken some, get more ingredients to brew more potions. And then the potions themselves you can consume to gain special effects that allow you to, you know, uh, manipulate the board or get additional marbles or change your ingredients or whatever. Um, and then sets of potions or groups of potions allow you to score more points at the end. And, and basically you win if you have the most victory points. So really fun game. My children love it. My wife loves it. Friends we played with love it. It's super simple, but also got enough crunchiness to kind of stay the course, as it were, for a very long period of time for us. So I think Simon made a very good one there. That is Potion Explosion at 46. Yeah, I've never played that. It's very good. I've heard good things, but never got a chance to table it. Yeah, we'll have to try it sometime. It's, pr it's pretty quick, too, which is another benefit. Okay. It's not the quickest game, but it's quick enough, and it's Keeps you interested, which, you know, is something to be said for a family weight game like that. Nice. So my number, what are you up to, 45? We were moving. Yeah. Um, was a game that came out in 2021. I was at the time trying to find games that I thought my wife would enjoy um, that would be good at two-player. But then if we had other people over, um, weren't too crazy to, you know, crazy rule set, crazy setup crazy teardown. Um, and this is a game called Santa Monica, where you are building basically the Santa Monica pier and aspects of the pier. Um, and you're trying to bring tourists in and uh, it's, it's got enough strategy from a gamer, you know, that would sit and play it and enjoy it. But then it's also not a big heavy teach. And then, you know, potentially, yeah. you know, non gamers or, you know, Ma, you know, uh, amateur gamers uh, would enjoy it and could pick it up. Chumps, um, if you will. I, I, you said that I did. <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously, amongst what a small group, everyone else is considered a chump in this case. So no, I can't. I'm not. Uh, I'm a chump. I'm not, I'm, this, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm putting, a chump. I'm not, I'm not putting my name on that. So, um, but yeah, Santa Monica. Uh, Calm, relaxing, fun experience. Um, and again, like I said, it's, uh, it's easy to teach. Um, and the more you play it, you know, you'll, you can try different tactics on, on 
you know, what, what gets you the points because it's a different game every time. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this made your list over things like Libertalia or Imhotep. Like we played this with you before and I, I didn't think it was a bad game, but I wasn't blown away. Maybe I just need to play it more, but I'm surprised that made your top 50. Yeah. It's a nice like sip and wine, relaxing type of game. You know, that yeah. happens quite often. Put on a little yacht so, rock and yes, you know, pour some <laughs> box wine and put on your slippers and play some Santa Monica. Maybe listen and don't to worry, Janis there's Joplin. still Walker Harding coming. So don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, I, there's, had you done a top 50 list and not had his name mentioned once, we would not be friends anymore. That way I would just call Phil and say, can we be friends instead? Yeah, yeah. you could, tr- that would be a trade up. Yes. You win. <laughs> I, maybe, I don't know. I like you, but if you were to leave that out, it would be done. It would be over. All right. 45 for me is going to be quick because it's Masquerade. As oh, every, nice. everything we said, uh, it's just one of those awesome party games, fantastic, fun, silly, uh, competitive in some ways. You can try your damnedest to win, but sometimes you just can't do it. And the higher player counts just introduce tons of complexity with more characters. It's just so well done. Fantastic party game, fantastic social deduction game, and deserves a spot in the top 50 for me, so – Number 45, uh, Masquerade, just a little bit higher than you. I think you had yours at 47. 46. It was, it was just last. So yeah, uh, real close. 46. So, so I guess that's the first official crossover, even first, though we hinted that there crossover. might be more. <laughs> there will be let more, bold, I'm sure. Let me bold that on this, in the Excel file. So gonna, <laughs> we're keeping uh, track of, of our, I'm going to uh, give, I'm going to give very, uh, very nerdy with our data as we we're going to create forward, a, year a tab year. <laughs> for every year until we're eighty, and then <laughs> die, and someone's going to look It'll at it. Just be God, one. what losers! Bridge and backgammon will be our number one yeah. and number two. <laughs> Finding my teeth, number one. Yes, <laughs> not pooping myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be number two. Oh, that, that probably nice. should make the list already. Number two, yeah, you like that? That's good. I didn't even mean to do that, so. Oh, uh, all, all right. right. My number 44. Four, or 44. My number 44, I believe, was my honorable mention uh, of game of the year for me on our last podcast. Um, <clears throat> and this is such an amazing experience. Um, again, I wish we could play it more, but there's so many games to play. Um, and that's Oath from Leader Games. Uh, I really love the mechanics of this game. I love the idea of the game, the creation of history. I think it's just a sound um, design and how it was put together. Again, simple to get into, but there's just so much to it. And uh, politics, no politics. You know, the king making, even though I'm our current chancellor and not happy about it, but um, – <laughs> Because I didn't win it by my own hand. Uh, I was chosen. Um, but I love the experience, and I cannot wait to pick it back up this year, hopefully. That's a, a good choice, and uh, I feel the same. I, I want to pick it back up again. I've heard people say, you know, be reductive and say that it's basically Munchkin with three extra hours tacked on. Um, oh, no. And there's some truth to that in no, the sense that there's king making in it, but that's where it ends. Oath has such a lush complexity to it and also the 
the chronicle system and being able to, you know, it depends on how your group takes it. Right. We've talked about this before. If your group is yeah. into it and, and writes it, you, like I'd love to get more entries in that chronicle book. And I can't wait till we play again just to see what you do. Cause I know you can draw quite well. And <laughs> I'm very curious to see what, what you do, but yes, what a, what a great game. Oath is a class. Yeah, Munchkin doesn't have Munchkin doesn't even have a board, dude. How, They're uh, just being jerks. Uh, Munchkin bunch Deluxe of neck does. Beards. I had to. I, had to <laughs> I like how you're saying neck beards when we, in fact, are neck beards. <laughs> I know. Our, our fellow, <laughs> don't fun. don't be offended, folks. We're basically just making fun of ourselves. Uh, number forty-four for me is wingspan. So I really ew, waffled. Ew! I can't I believe that's number forty-four. Ew. I actually waffled not even. We are definitely going to have problems in this list. (laughs) I almost didn't put this on the list because (sighs) it's one of those games that everybody sort of is like, oh, it's the game that made board games popular. And it's uh, like like the hipsters in us want to poo-poo it. But it is very well designed. There are very few times where I play Wingspan and the game isn't very close um, from a variety of different scoring, you know, patterns or faculties, whatever. It's interesting. The expansions add a lot to the game. The theme and the design and the production are all very beautiful. It's just one of, it's another one of those Catalina wine mixer games. Like you can just sit down with a few folks. And yes, it's very similar to just playing solitaire, but it's one of the best at that. It is truly one of the best at that. That game deserves more credit than it gets and probably doesn't deserve the hate that it gets from some of the elitists in the board game community. Uh, because at the end of the day, it did introduce a lot of people to the hobby, and I think it deserves some respect just for that alone. But the game itself is elegant. I must have played 150 to 200 games of this freaking game on my Switch copy. Uh, Nintendo Switch had released a software version. It's on iOS and Android too, I think. But the digital client was amazing. But the board game itself is just fantastic. Um, deserves to be in my top 50. So that's Wingspan at 47. And, or sorry, 44. And judging by your slander, I'm assuming it's higher on your list. So that might be another future. Dude, every time you mention a game that is not as good as Wingspan, I'm going to call you on it just so you know. <laughs> I'll get ready. Least... I know. Buckle just... up, Chuckles, because we got a lot to go. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh. All right. Does that mean I have to do the same uh, with Santa Monica? <laughs> no, because Santa Monica is placed accordingly. Uh, Unless you have Santa Monica high on your list, and that's a different definitely problem. Definitely do not. I thought it was fun, though. I did like it. But, all right, carry on. Carry all right. on. All right. Uh, number forty-three for me was in that uh, small handful I mentioned earlier. Please, of a game I've only played once or twice. What's that? I said, please say wingspan. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, and this is called Brew. Um, oh wow! Where you are. Again, it's been so long since we played. I can't even remember all the mechanics, but it. Um, I remember there being like Pokemonish creatures. Yeah, that that got me in there. Yeah, there's like little familiar companions, um, and you're trying to get uh, your 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 tableau building uh, while sort of doing area control uh, for more special abilities, more uh, resources. Um, it's got a little bit of take that, which it's not there's some meanness. Yeah, yeah, it's got just a, a pinch of mean. Which I like. I like that in a game. Uh, it, you know, at least for one that's not supposed to be a hundred percent take that. I like the just a little dash of mean. But uh, uh, the artwork is cool. I like the sort of the the, the world that was created with Brew. Yeah, uh, and again, nice. I, I, I would play it more. Um, but there's forty some other games here that um, 
definitely get the table get, get to the table more. Brew might slip out, but uh, at current, I feel like you know, looking at the other games below this, uh, I would play Brew, you know, more than them. You know, I would play Brew again. We need to try it again because I was interested in it the first time we played. Uh, and it seems I feel cool like we didn't to get me. to finish. Did we get to finish it? We did not. And I, think I feel like should, it ended early. Yeah, we should definitely play again. Yeah. So that's a that's a good choice. Uh, 43 for me is a party game primarily, but also just straight up fun. And that is Russian Roulette World Championship or World Championship <laughs> Russian Roulette. I can't remember which one. I think it's the former, not the latter. Uh, a really fun kind of messed up party game where you are a person uh, participating in the World Championships for Russian Roulette. If you don't know what Russian Roulette is. You take a six-shooter pistol, you put in one bullet, and you spin uh, the wheel and hope that the bullet is not the one that you pull the trigger in uh, – or the bullet's not in the chamber when you pull the trigger. And uh, the mechanics of the game are super fun. Uh, you can pocket the bullet or not, so you're kind of bluffing against other players, and they can call your call your bluff, and you get shot in the head. Um, you get shot a few times, and you're out of the game. There's uh, little cards that help manipulate what happens. You can shoot into the air. You can shoot other people. You can change their bet for how many times they got to pull the trigger. There's just such a fun, sit-down, chaotic, memorable experience. We bought this game on a whim at PAX the first year and uh, super glad we did. We've played it every year since at Christmas and many times outside of that. So uh, from Tuesday night games, I believe, is uh, Russian Roulette World Championships. I highly recommend it for parties. If if you don't have anybody there that's like, uh, you know, <laughs> mentally unstable slash like depressed about suicidal thoughts, maybe don't bring that one. This yeah, it's definitely a, a holiday it's classic. It's not a psychology <laughs> podcast. I'm not a doctor. Uh, it's funny you brought this up. I knew this was going to be in your list. Uh, yeah, had to be. There's a new game coming out where the artist of World Series of Russian Roulette is now back on the scene with um, some art. I can't place it. I'll have to hit you up after the podcast. But I'm knowing that he I, – I knew why I liked the art. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know that art. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I couldn't place it. But when I looked up this new game, I was like, that's cool. All right. So 42 for you. 42 for me is uh, – was a game that – I guess I guess about two years ago, I I bought it thinking that it'd be a cool thing to play with my wife and my son, uh, and it made it to the table one time. So again, this is another one on that list. Um, and I just uh, you know, and then we decided to have a second child. So I think that's what really tabled this one. Um, but it is a dungeon, a fantasy dungeon sort of esque type game almost like like a like a gloomhaven junior in, in a lot of ways uh, and that's a game called adventure tactics and what makes adventure tactics really cool um is you sort of level up your characters after most of i think most of you know the little uh scenarios that you play it's a it's a campaign game legacy ish um, because you're sort of crafting your deck of cards, which are your action cards, similar to, you know, sort of how, uh, uh, Gloomhaven works. Um, but then you can choose your class and, uh, there's a whole mess of classes and you 
sort of from your experience, you can start to build your character how you want. So if you want to be a dual class right away or you you started as a base class and you have to have X amount of experience points in this class before maybe bolting on another class and then getting so much experience in that to then bolt on a third class. Uh, it just, it's really, really unique and fun. Um, and I just, I wish we could get back into it. Uh, cause we have, you know, there was, we, there was three characters started and that's pretty much where it started and stopped. Um, so we got through one or two scenarios, uh, to learn the basics of the game. And it just, there's so much to go through. I think I have a Kickstarter still showing up later this year with more content. Um, so, uh, that's adventure tactics. Cool. Uh, 42 for me is I'd like to say new entry as though this list existed before now, but it didn't, but this is a fairly, <laughs> They're all new, new. this is a fairly new release to make the list. Uh, but it was that great when I played it the first time. It's been that great every time I played it after that. And that is the mirroring of Mary King. Um, oh, as a nice. two player game goes, you're not really going to find something much better than this. It has so much push and pull, so much tension, so much counterplay, so much, um, you know, strategy and sort of adjustments to it. It's really cool in terms of its design. I've never played anything else like it. If I have to sit down and pick two-player games out, this is going to be in the top three or five out of all my collection. I absolutely love it. I think it's a fantastic design from Jim Felly from Devious Weasel Games. I know you bought it and we haven't played it yet, but we need to get it to the table yeah. uh, wherever we can because it's just one of the best two-player experiences I think I've ever had. Um, so that is The Mirroring of Mary King. It is – Somewhere around 20, 30 bucks. If you are into two player, competitive two player games, I highly recommend this. It's one of the best there is. That's number 42, The Mirroring of Mary King. Yeah, I bought it knowing that I was going to like it. I just have to play it. And I know yeah. it'll make, make the list eventually. Um, you will love it. And, and you I'm and just I have to play together as- because you're going to hate <laughs> me and I'm going to hate you. And that's going to continue this thing we have going. Nice. Where we like uh, each other, so- but we really don't. <laughs> Yeah, so either we secretly love each other or we secretly hate each other, and that flips by the day, right? Um, it's got to be so. Better. As you were, as you were talking through, um, uh, I think on my list, I guess we can consider KeyForge a two-player game, right? Yes. So, um, so KeyForge, uh, that, that, that. I have three and a half two-player only games on this list. Um, and you'll see why I gave it the half credit, uh, because my number 30 is, uh, has an asterisk on it. <laughs> um, oh boy, asterisks. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, 41. So 41 for me, uh, I was actually just telling this story, uh, recently, um, was one of the games that actually really got me into not only tabletop, uh, and but but board games and 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 tabletop war games in general, um, because it had miniatures. Uh, I was such a young, uh, I was a young kid uh, when this came out, and I I feel like I asked Santa for it, and it magically showed up if I remember correctly. And then I was off to the races with it, uh, or maybe it was my birthday. I asked for it for my birthday or something. I forget, but I saw it on the store on the shelf. I, I turned the back around and I was like, Oh my God, these, there's little miniatures, little, little plastic figures. And I was like, I, I have to play this. And I knew nothing about it, but it really set me on my path for 
loving board games. It was a reason why I got into, you know, tabletop mini games because, you know, these were the minis I had as a kid. Um, and, and really got me into dungeon crawl fantasy and broadswords. And that's Hero Quest. Broto. My number 41. Um, and I bought all the new Hero Quest to try to show my son how amazing Hero Quest is. And it has not hit the table yet, but, uh, I've played enough Hero Quest as, my, as a kid. That it deserves yes, to be on the list. an all-time classic. I got this as a reward for good grades, I believe, and uh, it was one of the best days of my childhood. And still to this day, I can see it right now, sitting all corners of the box, masking taped up on top of my shelf. Oh. It will forever be one of my prized possessions of gaming. Clap, small, small golf clap for keeping that one on the list. Uh, Forty-one for me is going to be your favorite on this entire list because. Is probably one of your most hated games we've ever played. But I thought it was fantastic, and I liked it, and I don't <sighs> normally like these style of games. And God. that is Hansa Teutonica. <laughs> Dude, Wingspan is better than Hansa. Right off the bat, uh, I'll tell you, I'll give you that This one. game is one of the first games I've ever played, uh, and I've played a lot of games like this, but this one it goes harder than all the others on just <laughs> from turn one, you are an asshole. You are an asshole to everyone else at that table. Your job... Isn't that's that any game you play specifically? <laughs> it is the, one of the few games that I sit down I and like, rather than being the asshole at the table, I'm just one of the assholes at the table. And that's really great. You are, you basically are playing this game wrong if you're just trying to go off and do things by yourself. Your job in this game is to interrupt everybody else's play and to the benefit of your own play. Every time you lose a cube due to someone moving it, you get more cubes back. You get to move your cubes to other places. It's so Euro, it's so beige, it's so blah in its theme, um, but underneath that is an absolutely murderous, uh, cantankerous system that makes you just want to rerun it again and see if you can figure out the engine behind it. Um, we played it wrong the first, first, first two times we played it. We need to play it again because I think if we all just go in knowing we need to be jerks to each other, the ending of this game is going to be so much more fun than it was before. But that is my number 41, much to your chagrin, Hansa Teutonica, a classic, and dare I say, the best Euro. <laughs> All right, my number 40, just pretending that you didn't have a 41, is <laughs> – uh, <clears throat> I might play it again. You, you're going to have to at some point. All right, number 40 uh, was um, a, a, a small card game – Social deduction, but done better than other social deduction games. And because of how good the core mechanisms of this game were, it has given birth to, uh, what, 15, 20 different flavors of itself. Uh, and no matter who you play it with uh, and you teach it to, the simple pick a card, play a card of love letter uh, just – Everyone seems to enjoy that experience and really likes playing it. Uh, this is one of my favorite small box games. It still is. It's on the list. It's, I think it might be my only small box game on the list. Uh, and that is Love Letter. I, I'm glad to hear this made it because this is just a classic. Like anytime you can get a small envelope of cards and make a game that good, you, you deserve what you get. Um, it's fantastic. It's such a good game. So. I'm actually a little surprised it's it's lower. I thought you maybe have this one higher, but there's a lot of games to pick from, so I can't say I blame you. 
Uh, we're at number 40. Yeah. So that means we're getting close to the midway point here. So this is only my second co-op game on here. Um, I play a fair amount of co-ops, as I've mentioned many times. Number 40 is Paleo. Um, you introduced me to this game. And it was pretty hard to get for a while. I picked up a copy used off of a Reddit board game exchange subreddit and quickly became one of my favorite games to play with my wife um, in terms of co-ops. It's very challenging, very unique. Um, you flip cards from a deck. You can kind of tell what's coming based off the back of the card, but you don't really know what is on the other side. Um, you're cave people trying to essentially survive and build and and finish this cave painting to complete the scenario. The difficulty scales, the decks constantly change. It is just really fun, very hard. You have to play through each scenario multiple times before you're able to beat it unless you're a goddamn genius or just incredibly lucky. But fantastic co-op. I think it supports up to four players. Definitely check out Paleo if you ever have the opportunity. That is my number 40 from Z-Man Games. So, yes, I – I think I did mention about it and talk to you about it, but yes, I I've owned it and never played it. I asked you about <laughs> so it. You're it's like, not I have it. And list, I never played it. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get it because it looks yeah. cool. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's good. I'm surprised you and Kim haven't tried it, but, but I could see I could see her getting <laughs> frustrated because it's hard. It's very hard. We'll see. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I think I've had it for two years. I just haven't had yep. a chance to get it into the table, but. Um, because I don't get to play a lot of co-ops because I don't think I'm a co-op game player. Yep. <laughs> so I don't own a lot of them. However, as I say that, my <laughs> number 39 is my only pure what a co-op <laughs> game on the whole list. Um, just so happens that, uh, you know, and I don't really count adventure tactics and kingdom death as sort of co-ops. Those are more dungeon crawl, whatnot. But um, this is the only pure co-op on my list, and that's Marvel United. Uh, I really love the uh, the minis. The gameplay is simple. It's fun. My son loves it. Uh, my son and I get to play it, you know, pretty often. Um, he, he, you know, he enjoys picking different characters. We enjoy seeing what characters synergize better with each other. Uh, the villain. Um, mechanism of it's pretty fun. Uh, and again, the more they come out with, the more they change. Uh, and again, the more they add, it gets more and more crazy. So, um, I'm interested to hear how you uh, feel about Marvel Champions as you continue to play that too, because that one's just a great co op as well. Very curious. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed that. Yeah. That's why, again, I've played that a couple times. I could see that move. I could uh, see that one moving up yet, your list over time. Uh, 38 for me is yeah. another, or sorry, 39 for me is another two player only game. Uh, but one that I think is so very well done and super, super fantastic design and super fun. And that is Onitama. Uh, it is a chess variant light, um, movement for your pieces is divided up into three unique cards. And so each time you choose to use, uh, the card that your move is, you have to rotate it out with uh, another card, and your opponent then has the opportunity to use theirs and do the same. So essentially, the move you use one turn may not be the move you get to use the next turn. In fact, it won't. It won't be. Um, so there's a certain amount of strategy with planning ahead, knowing that the moves that are coming to you, the orientation of your your uh, pieces as opposed to your opponents, um, it is very deep for being such a simple on the surface game. Um, very, very fun as a two-player game. I've played probably a dozen games of Onitama against my son 
And I think he's beaten me more times than I've beaten him. So it's not about like the chess skill that you may have developed over the years. It's its own unique thing, but it's one of those games that plays very much like chess where you're thinking ahead, just maybe not quite as many steps. So fantastic two player title. That is Onitama. That's my number 30 or no. Yes. 39. I'm losing count already. <laughs> A lot of games. That's another one that I've owned for so That's many great. years and never played it. But I can't give oh, it up. So good. I know so I would love good. it if I played it. We really we got to get we that two player play right going. All right. My number 38, we've talked about it several times uh, last year on the podcast. It is potentially one of my most played games <laughs> in the last 10 years. Um, and that's because my son loves it. And, uh, we get that we get it to the table at least once a month. Uh, and that is a card game from Unstable Games called Here to Slay. There, right now at current, there are three different ways to win the game. If you're using the holiday expansion, you either get six or seven unique classes in front of you. You kill three monsters or you get three happy, good gifts from the uh, gift deck. If you're using the Christmas uh, expansion. Um, but again, love here to slay, love the characters, love the art. Uh, and, uh, I have some news coming on at the end of the podcast nice. from Unstable. Yeah. I as love well. their games and that one's very fun. I wish I could get to play that one more. Kids sometimes are up for it, but most of the time not. I don't know why we need to play it more. All right. Number 38 for me, I'm going to dive into some more party games here over the next few. Uh, this one is a fairly new entry to my list and that's so clover. Um, I like good, clever party games where words are kind of the focus and code names is always one of the big ones. And, and there's some others, but so Clover had a pretty unique mechanism, unique concept to it. And I've played it with four different groups now. And I think everybody we've played it with has liked it a lot. Um, it's challenging. You're working together instead of against each other. So that's a sell for some folks who don't like the competitive nature of some of those word games. Um, it's not time. So the pressure is not necessarily on you. You don't get anxious. It's just one of those uh, really cool, fun party games that's different from the rest, but also very clever and interesting. So that is uh, kind of a surprise for me that it made it as far up the list as it did. But when I was sitting down and thinking about all these games, yeah, <laughs> especially over Wingspan, uh, when I was thinking about these games, I, I just was kind of thinking like, how much fun have I had with this over the last several years? And this one, every time I've gotten it to the table, we've had a lot of fun. So that's number 38, So Clover. Yeah, that's a very fun game. I enjoy that. Um, and it's one of those when you partner with somebody that gets you or knows you, you yes. could really run away with yeah, a party game. As we tried um, <laughs> and, and succeeded. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my number 37 is something we've talked about. Uh, I've imagined it's going to be somewhere on your list. It's going to be clearly higher, higher than, than where I have it. Um, it is the third in the, uh, Eric Lang trilogy, uh, of, uh, Egyptian area control action selection called Ankh. We've talked about it a lot. We love it. I think that'll definitely be played on our two player night as well. Whenever we get to do it. Uh, Cause I think <laughs> yes. you and I are going to smash each other in the face with that one pretty good. Yeah. That game is, uh, it's best at two. I think it's good at three good at four or bad at three, good at four, but best at two and five is just brutal. We, we've talked about that before. Not doing that again. Yeah. At three is a waste uh, of time. Number 37 for me is another party game. Again, another one of those ones that 
every time it hits the table, we have a good time. We laugh. We, especially the, the higher the player count, this one just gets better and better. And that is just one. Um, another one of those games that whipped out with a whole bunch of folks, whether we have six or eight or 10. And the premise is that you can give clues for a word, but if people give the same word as a clue, they have to erase that word, both of them. And so you start dropping like flies when it comes to giving out clues for a given thing. And when you try to get a little too abstract with the clue, it starts to confuse the person who's guessing in relation to the other clues. So really challenging, but also really fun and kind of funny. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen people come up with from playing that game, I've been like, that's really clever. And other ones have been like, what in the hell were you thinking? There's no way in I will ever guess that based <laughs> off that word. Um it's just one of those party games that just always works, no matter the group you have. So that's my number uh, 37. I keep forgetting the count. Just one. Is that? Um, it is. Is that the party and, game from yeah, Repost? So Clover also did that. that. Repost yeah, was so I've put. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've never played that, but I've bought it as a gift. Yeah, it's knowing good. that I've heard good things about it, but never played it myself. Um, but I've given that game as a gift uh, to some people that are into party games, uh, one, maybe two or two or three different people. Um, I'll probably never play it myself to the, to the, uh, the board gaming area that we get during okay. the week. So we can give it a shot. I think the more people we have, the better. All right. My number 36. Um, I think we've mentioned briefly, it's got a lot of history, uh, in, in my, in my gaming world. It was, uh, one that set me on the, um, Basically, my fan fairdom with uh, Phil Walker Harding, and that's Sushi Go, Sushi Go Party. Um, I love this game. It, 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 I've had so much fun playing it. Um, I've had fun teaching it. I've had fun watching people watch people play it and then be like, oh, I'm in, and then they jump in. Um, obviously, the Sushi Go Party ha- adds more replayability, more uniqueness to the menu. But yeah, very fun drafting. You know, yep. what is it, six rounds, maybe something like that? And then high score at the end wins, uh, drafting different pieces of food. Uh, and each piece of food scores differently. Uh, but again, super fun, super easy to teach. This is the gateway so to part. drafting games and is probably the, the single first game I will choose to introduce people to that mechanic. And everyone loves it. And it's just so approachable because of the theme and the art. All-time classic. This did not make my list, but was very close to being near the bottom. Uh, I have played this so much that it just kind of exhausted itself for me over the years. Uh, all right, number 36 is one of the most brain-burny co-ops I've ever played, uh, but I love it. And it's if you can do this, you can do civil engineering, I think, and that is Spirit Island. Um, you are a spirit, and rather than sort of the normal trope of uh, settlers arriving on an island and gathering resources and building up their buildings and creating an economy. You are the denizens of that island, the spiritual denizens, and you are trying to ward off the Span- Spaniards or the, the Vikings or whoever's trying to settle the lands you're in by rising the oceans up and sucking them out to sea or strangling them with vines or terrifying them with, with ancient visages. It's a very unique theme. The gameplay is extremely crunchy, very, very difficult. Uh, lots of planning ahead, lots of coordination with your teammates. Mix and match the spirits is a lot of fun. There's tons of unique powers that you can customize every game and expansions to continue to add content to it. 
Spirit Island is one of the quintessential high-end, high-complexity co-op games. If you have any inkling on co-op games and enjoy them and want to move into the next dimension, Spirit Island, Spirit Island is your choice. So that is uh, my number 36, Spirit Island. <laughs> Too smart for me. I played it one yeah, time. It's, and it's, it hurts your brain after a while. Not for me. It's not my style. All right. My number 35 Woo-hoo! is our second crossover. However, it is a little different because my version is original. Oh, okay. And that is Libertalia. <laughs> Libertalia. We, uh, I, I brought this as a game uh, based on its player count. Uh, I, I reviewed the mechanics uh, and, and brought, it, brought it to one of the, uh, the cabin weekends. Uh, and it got played so many times that weekend with so many different people coming in and out. Everyone seemed to love it. Libertalia, simple to teach, simple to get into. But once you see the, the, you know, the crux of that game, it becomes this thinky, like, I know you're going to play this, the bows in, or I got to play this guy because it kills that (laughs) guy, but I don't want to be the first one to do it. Like, but you know, everyone has it because you all have the same hand. And, and then that second round where you can, if you can count cards and remember what people play, didn't play. And as long as you have the upper hand on one other pirate, I think you're in good shape, but it's just a matter of who you want to sort of make walk the plank. But, uh, love Libertalia. Uh, as like I said, mine's the original version that, that we, taught our group to, but again, not that I don't love the new one. I think the new one's beautiful and gorgeous. And again, Stonemeyer does amazing things with an amazing game. So that's Excellent Libertalia. And, and it 35. is one of those games where the counterplay is just so much fun. It's so much fun to just count cards, remember what people have, forget what they have. All of a sudden you're losing something you thought was a key piece and you're just cursing yourself like a true pirate. Yar. Uh, 35 for me is a game you introduced me to. And I was kind of surprised that this made the list, to be completely honest, um, because <laughs> no, it, it's oh, the style of game. <laughs> it's not something that normally jives with me. Uh, it's, okay. it's a silly, goofy game, but every time it hits the table, it is fun in every way with everyone I've ever played it with. And that is OP Arena. Um, it's just this slug them out, ridiculous, <laughs> stupid nonsense game, but it's very well designed, very fun, super well illustrated, really dumb, really goofy, but also competitive. It's just, it, it's the rare one of those kooky games that actually works. Um, and I don't think there's many of them like that. And I generally shy away from those because they don't work, but this one is no. just so much straight up fun. And we keep co- talking about, it. they should have made expansions for it. I hope they do someday. I really do. Yeah. I was just going to say, if we do a, a, a top five games that need an expansion, yeah, OP Arena is, is definitely silly and great one. and fun. <laughs> and they, I'm pretty sure it's out I of print, so it's quirk. harder to find. But if you can and you like goofy party games, good drinking game, OP Arena is the call. So that is, uh, that's my number 35, OP Arena. So my number 34, uh, is again one of those sort of, uh, I don't want to say modern classic, but it was one of the original, sort of games, you know, that came very close on the heels of, of Catan and, and Dominion. Um, and that's King of Tokyo. And that's my number 34. We have played so much King of Tokyo. It's simple to teach. If you've ever played Yahtzee, you will love King of Tokyo because it makes Yahtzee 
it's battle Yahtzee, right? It's almost like we joke about, you know, Dice Throne being uh, having more battle, battle mechanics. That's like yeah. Yahtzee meets magic <laughs> in a way, right? Where King of Tokyo is, is more pure of just like smash in the face, roll dice, you know, maybe get a couple cool powers, but, uh, you know, it's got pizza <laughs> currency, you know, <laughs> um, that was for you, Rob. Uh, and again, every, every time you teach it to someone that's never played it, they're like, Oh my God. And it, and then it gets them into, yeah. um, other games because of this. So it's, it's maybe more of that sure. godfather of gateway games, uh, in a way, you know, family weight, fun. Good choice. Uh, and and it's one of those dice chucker entry level games that just is so well illustrated and the cards add unique powers and all that stuff. It's just, it's fun. It's just, just straight up fun game. Yeah, everybody loves. That's a really good cool kaiju. kaiju. Everybody loves a good fun kaiju. Monsters. Thirty-four. You'll yeah. like this one. Thirty-four is Fort from Leader <laughs> Games. Um, <clears throat> I enjoy deck builders a lot, ah. and Fort is anything but your normal deck builder. There are many. This is a kind of a divisive title. A lot of people like it. A lot of people don't. Um, I think more people don't like it than like it, and I think you're all wrong. Um, Ford is one of those rare deck builders that functions <laughs> as a bit of a counter to itself in some ways. And although it's a bit of a, a bear to teach because of the iconography, underneath all that is a really cool design. It's very fun to uh, build your Ford up. It's very fun to collect your friends. It's very fun to um, you know thin your deck out a lot uh, while also making sure you're playing the cards you need every round or as often as you possibly can to keep your combos going. But it's one of those games where you're always cycling cards, you're always losing the key pieces because you can't protect them or you have to sacrifice them to pull off a particular action that gets you ahead in some way. I like games with a lot of hard choices and Fort's got a lot of good instances of hard choices in it. So from Leader Games, a super great deck builder that a lot of people, I think, grossly underrate. That is Fort at number 34. I feel like Casey Kasem. <laughs> 25 years ago, Request this artist recorded his first album. Dude, that wasn't that, 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 Casey that Kasem, bad of an impression, it. man. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you would talk like that. <laughs> All right. My uh, number 33 is a game we have... Uh, I guess, cutely, cleverly, uh, <laughs> jerkily, whatever you want to call it, uh, have called this game Trees with Knives. And that is the serene death match with just trees on cards yes. known as Arboretum. Uh, I don't know how much more we want to get into, but it is such a beautiful production for just cards. It's all sweet and soft, and it lures you in. And after your first game, you're like, let's go again, because <laughs> now I'm going to murder you with trees. Uh, and that I, is uh, Arboretum. I'm glad to hear this. And uh, this will be a crossover, just foreshadowing, because it's <laughs> a brilliant design of a card game. <laughs> just brilliant. Uh, 33 for me is another Devious Weasel game, uh, one that sits in my collection, not only because of how beautiful it is, but it's one of those, another one of those asshole games, and it's just really fun. Um, similar to OP Arena, it's kind of crazy and wacky, but this one has a lot more strategic depth around it, and that is Cosmic Frog. Um, you are a, a frog that is the size of a galaxy, and you are trying to eat pieces of a destroyed uh, set of galaxies, I guess, just chunks of land that you gulp down in your gullet. And you're trying to spit them out into your vault so that you can rebuild the, the galaxy in your own image, I guess. 
But at the same time, there are other galaxy-sized frogs that are trying to punch you as hard as they can to make you barf up all those worlds and then gulp them down themselves. It's as stupid and weird as it sounds, but behind all that is a pretty fun strategy game. Uh, definitely a lot of PvP, player versus player interaction, lots of fighting, lots of planning, lots of stealing. It's just one of those, uh, you know, games where you need to know the group you're playing with. But if you're, that group can handle that type of game, it is just ridiculously fun. So that is number, uh, 33 for me from Devious Weasel Games, Cosmic Frog, and is one of the most beautiful, cool games I own. Yeah, not only do I love this as a 40-something, but if uh, teenage yeah. me that was into HeroQuest saw Cosmic Frog on the yeah. shelf, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Just being able and to get those frog is, minis. It's almost like oh, 70, It would have been so the greatest thing. It could have thing. fit during our, our youth. Oh, been so a, good. It would have been in, yeah. in period piece. <laughs> yes. Those, those, those throwback yep, melting yep. – what is it called? Melting paintings or whatever they were called. <laughs> All right. My number 32 is the newest game uh, out of everything on the list. Uh, just came out last year. Uh, Ryan and I will disagree on it a little bit. Um, but it is one that just – I just love the mechanics of, of all of it. And there's a couple things smashed together. Uh, and that's a game called Bad Company uh, where, again, we talked about it last podcast. It was on my top 10 of 22. Um you know, it's a race game. It's a drafting game. It's dice rolling. So it's got Catan, Machikoro-esque type uh, mechanics that you're familiar with. But I think it just does it a lot better than both of them uh, by adding the other elements of the game to it. Uh, I can't crap company. on you for that one because I don't think it's a bad game. I just I don't think it's top 50 for me. But I don't think it's a bad game. And it is kind of like uh, – the melding of, of mechanics is kind of just straight up your alley too, um, which I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear if Creature Comforts is on this list too because of that that kind of mechanic. So I'm predicting it. <laughs> All right. 32 for me is a game I did not think I would rank um, because I played it a bunch, maybe six, seven times now. And every time I play it, I kind of walk away and I'm like, that was fun. Um, but then I want to come back to it. And there's a reason behind that. That game is Scythe. Um, I love engine builders and Scythe kind of has a little bit of that to it, but it also is just one of those optimization, both resource and action optimization puzzles. Um, it's got this structure to it that almost makes it autopilot-y in a way, uh, build orders and, and stuff we're kind of used to from some other tropes in different games, both digital and board. But Scythe has this aesthetic, it has this world, it has this gameplay theme that makes me want to come back to it. And I've picked up the digital version, uh, you know, in the last year and I've played a whole bunch on there too. And I've started to uncover some more things about this game that I really like. Um, <clears throat> I would love to get this to the table more. And I do have the rise of, of Fenris or Fenry or however you say it, the, the campaign, um, which I really would like to try too. So I think there's a lot more of Scythe that our group can explore, but I rank that as my number 32 of all time because I just think it's a it's a brilliant game. That is Scythe from Stonemaier Games. I 100% agree. It's such a beautiful game. It's it plays very fun. Um, I, I like the again. There's a there's some blending of mechanics and 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 mechanisms there that I think is is makes it more enjoyable. Uh, my, and again, I've, I, I think we, I don't know, we talked about like yeah. one of our first episodes, I feel like, of our podcast, 
Um, and my, most of my exposure around Scythe was actually through my little Scythe, which was the sort of, uh, uh, homage to Scythe that, uh, Stonemeyer, uh, picked up the rights with a, uh, I think it was a father daughter combo that just sort of made a kiddious version or a younger version of it for, mm-hmm. for younger children to get into. Um, has all of the core mechanics of it, uh, but a lot of the, the, you know, sort of the bloat was, was stripped of it that kind of, you know, gets a little bit more crunchy, uh, for kids. And, um, so I, I played more my little scythe than scythe. So I'm really looking forward to trying more and, and doing more in that sort of world. Cause it's just such a unique theme. Yeah. That sort of it's cool. dystopian, you know, animal companion, I love them but to do more in that mechs. world. I, I don't know. I love it. Nope, 31. Uh, my number 30. We're getting there, though. Or no, sorry, 31. <laughs> sorry, I jumped ahead. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, 31 is a classic in modern board gaming or card games. It set the tone for so many games moving forward. Uh, and some are able to do it. Some were able to take concepts of it and build upon it and make it better. Or make it different enough that you can own it in your collection. Uh, and that is the godfather of... Uh, deck building, and that's Dominion, number 31. We've talked about it a lot. We both love it. Uh, it's replaced newer games that we we went back and bought this one over. Um, looking, again, it's, no matter who you teach it to, it, they, they pick it up. And then, you know, I think much like, uh, what was the game you mentioned that you usually try to teach for, yeah. for drafting, right? Sushi Go? Is drafting this is for deck building. You teach someone how to play this with the core cards. Yep. This is be good uh, moving forward. Deck Builder 101, but also some of the most complicated and wonderful uh, card expansions added to it just change the game so much and make it so much more fun and different. And every game plays differently. It's just so well done. It's a reason why it's uh, one of the most heavily printed games of all time. It's It's just such a classic. Uh, 31 for me, I'd be remiss if I did not include this game in my list somewhere because I have played it so many times with so many different people. And to this day, it is still one of the best party games of all time. And that is code names. You're going to have a hard time finding a game that is as well known as widely loved and still fun as code names. After all this time, the variety in the box, just the base game you get is so great. Not even counting the different versions that are out there, Disney and Marvel and pictures and all kinds of stuff. Codenames Duet is also – yeah, Duet is great. Simpsons, the, yeah, Duet. so many versions. Harry Potter. At the core of this game is just a fantastic <laughs> design. It's still fun to this very day no matter who you play it with. It's so easy to teach and introduce. You get all kinds of clever uh, you know, clues and stuff and people try to get too clever and screw up. It's just – it's so good. It's such a classic and it deserves a spot in the top 50. So number 30 for me, or sorry, 31 for me is Code Names Without a Doubt. That's from Czech Games. My number 30 was that game that had the asterisks by it <laughs> for a two-player game as well. And my number 30, uh, I, I, it's, it's sort of two games smashed together on one entry here. And I'm going to do that again on number 29. But uh, <laughs> this is Seven uh-huh. Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel. Um, yes, they are different games, but I figure they they could both occupy a slot together. They'd both be, you know, 30, 31, 29, 30, something like that anyway. So I just sort of lumped in together. But uh, I loved Seven Wonders ever since I played it for the first time. 
bought as much of the original as I possibly could, except for the one expansion I just thought was kind of lame. Um, and then when Duel came out, uh, taking the core mechanisms of Seven Wonders, boiling it down to a two-player game with with the way you draft the cards from the, the pyramid, uh, it just it, it it just is done so well. And the expansions they've added to Duel um, really add to the strategic depth of what do you do? Do you pick a card or do you play one of the the powers or or do you start to manipulate the council? Like it just they've really taken that in a whole different direction. Um, but that's seven wonders and seven. So this is part of the reason why I feel guilty creating a top fifty list is because this is one of the most beloved classics of all time, and I still have not played it. Still have not played a single game of Seven Wonders or Seven Wonders Duel. I feel like a fraud being here in front of this microphone oh, giving dude. you a list of fifty games when I haven't yeah, played you that. Shouldn't. Yeah, I should talk you should to just somebody call else. Call Phil Walker Harding. <laughs> He's going to have to take one of us at some point. <laughs> yeah, yes, can I upgrade? I'll allow it. Uh, number thirty for me. Poor Phil's going to be sad with one like, of us. Uh, <laughs> It'll be like that commercial with uh, – well, you don't watch hockey, but Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom. His wife comes up and he's just like eating breakfast on the couch and she's like, why is he always here for breakfast? Why is he on our insurance policy? It's really good. Um, 30 for me is a <laughs> nice. all-time classic. I didn't know where to rank this because it was like kind of in the middle, but I put it on lower end because it's been a while since I played it. But I've had so many hours sunk into this game. That I couldn't not list it, and I still love playing it to this day. And that is Arcadia Quest. In terms of dungeon crawler type games, this is one of the best there is. Um, I think the chibi style is a little detracting from just how kind of brutal and, and crazy this game gets. Um, but you are adventurers, and you're going through a series of levels for a campaign to try and defeat like sort of an ultimate boss at the end. There's additional expansions that add more bosses and stuff. But the whole time, you're also competing against other players because PvP is an element. And so not only do you need to get the PvE quests done, but you need to kill each other. And killing each other is fun. You get gold for killing each other, and you do it a lot over the course of this game. Uh, I remember playing with Brad one time, and I had Grom, the Barbarian, all pimped out with all kinds of gear and got an extra die for attacks. And I just pinned him in the corner and just kept slaughtering him over and over and over again. I must have killed him like eight times in a row, just building up gold. And he's just sitting there like, F this game. I don't want to play anymore. So sorry, Brad. But uh, Arcadia Quest is about as good as Dungeon Crawler gets. The items are fun. The powers are fun. The characters are all unique. There's tons of expansions for this game because it's cool many or not. Why would they not make a million expansions and kill the world with more plastic? So Simon makes a good game when it comes to Arcadia Quest. I did not buy all the crazy expansions. They went way overboard with mounts and space theme. They don't know when to stop as usual, but the core game plus maybe the first two expansions are great in a lot of the characters. So that is Arcadia Quest from Cool Mini or Not. Simon, check it out if you haven't so far. It's fantastic and very fun. So my number 29. Last four, buddy. As I mentioned, was another one where I sort of, yeah. <laughs> Yes. The top of the of the second half, right, uh, uh, was one where I, I added two together because um, a I've played both, but I only own one, and I've been, actually end up playing the the newer version several times. Uh, but my number twenty nine comes from North Star Games, and that's Oceans slash Evolutions. 
uh, Evolutions is where uh, I started playing it and 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 love the the mechanics of it. Uh, I actually owned the um, the New Beginning version of Evolutions. Uh, ended up sort of uh, that that got purged out of my collection because I knew Oceans was coming and uh, I didn't need to go back and rebuy Evolutions because Oceans took all the concepts of Evolutions, uh, tweaked it a little bit, and gave it a more thematic uh, tie that that I loved more, which was these crazy, weird little uh, sea creatures and sea monsters and krakens and leviathans and all that mystery of the depth. Um, but Oceans is uh, a, a really fun uh, tableau building, but what you're doing is you're building species of fish uh, or ocean life, and they uh, they work off each other uh, in your tableau. So they work off the fish that are adjacent to them. There's a shared uh, community pool of fish that you use to feed your fish, uh, rather than uh, necessarily attacking your your opponent's fish. But you could make multiple fish, so some could be carnivorous that will continue to attack your your fellow uh, opponents, or they could attack your own fish. Um, while you have these sort of gentle giants, like a you know blue whale that'll just eat the krill off the surface, uh, and they'll pull from the community pool. Uh, but oceans is just a brilliant uh, sort of next step in in their uh, in their evolutions game, and uh, I love it. I just think it's beautiful. Uh, I, I can't wait for the next box. There's a there's a expansion that just fun, fun, got funded last year. Um, so that should be coming. I would like to play Oceans. So I played Oceans. Evolution for a little while. It was okay in my book, but I think I'd like Oceans more just because I'm more of a ocean theme person. It's weird and weird and lame as that sounds. Uh, 29 for me is a game that I've played a lot and I love it. That's why it's on this list, but it's going to slide down over time for me because the more I play it, the, the, more that some of the flaws in the game start to reveal themselves, and that's Everdell. Um, it's such a classic for me. It's one of those great tableau building games, hand management games, worker placement games. It melds a bunch of different mechanics. It's an, one of the most beautifully themed games with most beautiful artwork um, from Andrew Bosley and some other folks. Um, it's just one of my all-time favorite games. But the more I play it, the more I kind of see some weaknesses in the design. There's a lot of sameness to it. There's some, uh, you know, impossible goals to achieve at times. There's just some BS luck that gets introduced into it that takes some of that sort of autonomous strategy out of it. Um, but you also have to sit down and kind of know what you're playing. And Everdell is just one of those games where you can, you know, have a beer and chill out and enjoy the beauty of that game and the fun of that game for what it is. So, that's number 30 or sorry, 29 on my list, an all time classic. And I'm just looking at the complete collection up on my top, of my shelf here that I got off Kickstarter. I've got a lot more Everdell to play, so I'm sure it'll stay on this list for, for years to come. <laughs> 29 for me yeah, is 28. our fourth crossover so far. <laughs> what did I say? 23? I'm just I making sure you said 29. What did I say? I'm making I sure you're not going backwards. <laughs> oh. Yes, it is. This is weird. It's screwing with way, me too. Right. So yeah, so twenty-eight. So basically my number one of all time was Kingdom Death. No, I'm just kidding. I've gone backwards. No. Uh twenty-eight. Yes. Uh that's the one we're on. Twenty-eight. Uh again, fourth qu- crossover. 
we used to have a saying uh, when we used to play Warcraft together. It was what you PVE <laughs> to PVP, and this game does both of those really well. Yeah, and that's Arcadia Quest, uh, and it is a beautiful, beautiful game in its meanness, in its PVP ness. I think the story is so fun, and like getting to pick the different, the you know the next. Uh, area of the castle or the pit, wherever, whichever campaign you're playing. Uh, <laughs> unlike Ryan, I do own everything up until when they went to Starcade. I didn't think buying the same game all over again in space yeah. made sense to me. Uh, I learned my lesson on Zombicide, so I was not about to go down that road with Simon. Uh, but Arcadia Quest is fantastic. My son loves it. Um, I've had these, those, those, uh, horrible moments when someone just told the bomb story, doesn't let go and just continues <laughs> to farm you. For, yeah. I did tell the bomb story, right? Yep. Farms you for gold. Uh, like you're, <laughs> like you're a, a rock that gets mined. Um, uh, but I love Arcadia quest. I, I love the chibi style. Uh, I, yep. I, that actually is what drew me into it. I'm just happy. There was an awesome game on the other side. Again, like you mentioned, not a lot of people like that, but I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but in typical Simon style, I like how they also gave homage yes, to a lot of that pop culture uh, with their with their characters. That's uh, I'm a big pop culture nerd, uh, almost as nerdy in board games. But this really drew me in. I think it yes. was one of their earlier Kickstarters as well, right after the zombie sign, the zombie side train hit. I think it was like season two zombie side, then this. Because uh, Dogs of War was in between Zombie Side One and Zombie Side Two, I think, or maybe it was like something like that. They were they were close to each other as far as campaigns go, but yeah. And, th- and this is one of those games too. Like quest. if you have kids, where like you get the box out and you open it up, and all the models, all the tiles. Like my son would just get them out and kind of set it up and create his own campaign, and we would just play through those scenarios and make up our own powers <laughs> yeah. and kid ourselves out with whatever gear he wanted to get. Like it let them have some creativity there too, which was always something I thought was really cool about it. Yeah. That the the beauty of of picking three heroes yeah. and then it's fun gearing each it's of them video gaming is just there hasn't been a game that's been able to do anything yep. that what that that style really. I mean no. a little bit in Gloomhaven, but not like this. Yeah. Not the like Arcade and Arcade Arcadia Quest, Quest is very apt here. It's very uh sort of What's what's the old school golden axe? It's very golden axe yeah. in a way. Yes, yep. yes, yep. yes. Especially when they added the pets um, or the mounts. Uh, I guess twenty eight for me is another two player game uh, by Roxley, and this is Radlands. So you introduced me to this. Fell in love with it. What a great two player game. Um, very reminiscent to sort of a tower defense in a way, but boiled down kind of to its constituent parts. Um, excellent card variety. Uh, very difficult to kind of pick and choose what you want to do every turn. The counterplay is fantastic. Uh, it's a Roxley production. So in terms of like quality, it is about as high as you'll ever get, especially if you get the deluxe edition, which comes with the, uh, the water tokens and the neoprene mats and everything else. One of the best two player games I've ever played. I don't own it. And I've been trying to, it was funny. Roxley had a, a 25% off sale or something like that over the holidays. And, and I was like, eh, you know what? I'll probably find it at the game store and that we go to. And, and I got there and asked uh, Carl and he's like, yeah, can't get that. You got to buy it direct. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I'll wait for the next sale. I will pick up a deluxe version of Radlands. That's something I need to own myself, but one of the best two player games out there and Roxley makes some of the best games 
in terms of quality in the entire industry. That is Radlands from Roxley. It is yeah, Radlands is, is a beautiful game. <laughs> I wish I would re- remember. Bring that baby to work. <laughs> uh, I don't even. I don't even think I. You're bad at this. That's why. I'm not on the list. You should probably put Hansa Teutonic oh, on too. I am. I am. I feel bad. Now that game can compound the, the beaches of Europe. Anyway, uh, number two. <laughs> that that can get buried <laughs> under the Santa Monica Pier. Uh, number twenty-seven for me. Uh, we have interviewed the designer uh, last year. I mentioned it was my wife's favorite game. Uh, I've enjoyed it, teaching it. I've enjoyed playing it every time. My son enjoys it. Uh, we're looking forward to the uh, legacy version of it coming out later this year, and that is Sagrada, my number 27. It, 20, it's uh, a dice drafting, uh, sort of tableau building, uh, secret scoring objective game. Uh, but again, simple to teach, uh, relaxing, calming. Uh, you get a little little grumps when your dice gets hate drafted sometimes, or uh, if it helps the the player that's passing you the pile. But uh, beautiful game, nonetheless. Sagrada. Yes, huge hit in my house for a long time. Still, one of those games we'll pull out every so often that people enjoy. Amazing and fun, right? Very simple, but still complex enough to keep people like you and I interested to play some more complex things. So. Uh, 27 for me is another crossover for us. So I think that's the fifth one, if I remember correctly. And that's yeah. Dominion. I put off buying this for years, for years and years and years and years. And, uh, regretted it as soon as <laughs> you had brought it in to play. Um, it's, it is fantastic. It is the best deck builder there is, uh, in my opinion. And it's, you know, kind of the grandfather of all deck builders, as we mentioned, and I want to play it so much more. Uh, you got me a used copy and got yourself some expansions, which is a good deal. So appreciate that. And uh, I have a copy sitting here, so I'm hoping we get some chances to play it. Um, but what a fantastic game. It's unusual when a game as old as Dominion can have as many expansions as it's had and still have a dedicated player base to stand the test of time. But this does. And that's a testament to its design. So. 27 for me is Dominion, hands down, uh, and I want to play so much more of that this year that I'm hoping that thing goes up the list and not down. All right, we are on our last one for this episode, uh, so let's let's get through that, and then we'll chat a little bit about what's coming up for the next episode, and then, uh, Sounds then we'll good. call it a show. My number 26 takes aspects of games like Kingdom Death and games like Gloomhaven and even some, you know, maybe a little bit of Arcadia Quest-ish styles, uh, some, some of the, the details of Arcadia Quest, but I think does the boss battling better than any game right now out there. Um, I know Vagrant Song probably is coming up on your list at some point. Um, so there's aspects of Vagrant Song in this game as well, but, I really enjoy this one. Uh, it's called Townsfolk Tussle. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit last year when I was playing it. Uh, my son got into it. Uh, it, it is a, it's a boss battler with a very small sort of town or civilization phase. I am hoping, 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 fingers crossed that in the 2023 campaign, they, make that phase of the game even more. I think 
with what they've done with the boss battling sort of component of the game or aspect of the game, it's 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 superior to other boss battlers. I, I love it. Um, I think it's done so well. It's so thematic. Uh, the the terrain matters. Uh, the boss matters on the terrain that's there. Like it's just it's got synergy uh, that just makes the game so much fun. The cartoony, what is it, rubber noodle style uh, is unique, that cuphead art. Um, but I'm hoping, I just want that, that, that more depth to the Civ phase and the character creation phase, uh, which I'm hoping they provide in the next expansion. Because uh, I think it's, it's a phenomenal game and can only get better. So that's Townsfolk Tussle. I had a feeling this would be on your list because uh, you had nothing but really good things to say about it. And it, it's one of those few games like it's yeah. it's really co-op yeah. i mean it's a boss battle it's also co-op and you sounded like you had such a good time playing with your son that i, I definitely need to borrow this at some point and play it with mine because i think he would probably enjoy it too and the aesthetic of it is so unique there aren't a lot of games with that sort of style yet that like cupheadish style that the art was so good and it drew me into um it just looks like such a solid yeah game. we've been so I've, we've been following was. uh the designers and the, and the publisher and the gear and characters they've been unveiling for this upcoming campaign just they look like they turned up the 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 sort of whims and quirk even more uh so i'm looking so forward Which to is it awesome. uh, i just again i just and not that not that the sieve and and the 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 like town event sort of portion of the game is bad it's not it's really good it's it's simple it's snappy it you get moved and you go right back out in the field and fight um because you go through, I think it's four, if I remember correctly, you go through four big bosses, uh, and, and uh, in the, in one sitting, if you want, because it, it goes pretty quick. But just that little more crunch and that little more strategic depth when it comes to the town phase would be so amazing. Because uh, I guess I, I mentioned it earlier, that was what I love about Kingdom Death. That town civ phase is fantastic. It's better than yeah. anything in any game uh, that that even tries to do it. Um, that I've played, right? Oathsworn is still sort of yet to be discovered by us. We own it. We haven't tried it yet, but, and that does this as well, the boss battling and that town civ phase. So we'll see. Uh, and again, Gloomhaven's was what the, a road event, right? That's how they do it. You know, not that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or heading back to yeah, town that, and doing some stuff in town. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly simple, easy, but static. Like, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully they can add more to that. Sorry, you're number 26. Can't say enough good yeah. things about Townsfolk Tussle. Love we shall it. see. It's a good choice. 26 for me is uh, closing out the list for us this episode. A little bit of press your luck, push your luck, and that is Quacks <laughs> of Quedlinburg. Um, when I think about just straight up fun games, Qu Quacks is generally near the top of my list most of the time. Uh, I played many games of this and I don't get tired of it because of just how silly and crazy and fun it can be. Um, and I still have not played all the like variants of it, which is crazy to me. The base box with the base game just has so much variation and so much replayability. And I haven't even gone through all that, let alone both expansions, which I own both. Um, but Quacks is just one of those games that you can play with a small group, with a large group, and it works so well. Uh, the simultaneous play means the playtime's not too long. Once people get the hang of it and the teach is fairly simple with the exception of kind of what each chip does, um, you know, people really get into it and start to have a lot of fun. 
yes, it can be pretty frustrating at times as you in particular have often run into many times with that game. <laughs> that game, game seems me. to hate your guts. Um, it does. I haven't seen you struggle with any game like you have with quacks, but it is a very, very cool design. It is very fun. It's very silly. The theme is fantastic. The art is fantastic. The components are great. I have the upgraded chips cause I'm a dork and I bought them from board game geek. It's just so rewarding to reach your hand into that bag and rummage around through all those chips and pull out the ingredient you need in advance, you know, four spaces, six spaces, whatever, or to throw some of your cherry bombs back in the bag because you drew a mandrake that moved you four spaces or get that last spider you needed out of the bag last to get a ruby to be able to move your drop or whatever. Um, it just has a lot of crescendos and lows and highs, and it's just a very, very fun game all in and of itself. So, that is number 26 for me, Quacks of Quedlinburg from North Star Games, and I don't even know who publishes it anymore. It could it be, North, be North, Star. North Star. Yeah, but what a great party game, and, and what a just a great game in general. I felt comfortable putting that at 26. Yes, spoiler alert, that did not make my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. I've, uh, I've put... Uh, in terms, in terms I've of, I played that of game a half a dozen times, it's not go. almost a dozen at this point, and I've only played the game <laughs> once, right? Like I feel like every other time has just been like, yeah, just me, yeah, like plays you drawing freaking cherry blossoms from the bag. It's like, oh, this guy again, huh? Well, it's a uh, uh, good old stubby fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's, uh, that's the first half of our list. We're going to be back yeah. next episode to talk down, uh, 25 to one. And you guys can all learn what our, uh, interpretation <laughs> of our favorite game of all time is. But I think, you know, the first 20, what, 25 we've gone through here, only five crossovers and a lot of, a lot of unique choices for both of us. I, I guess the one I'm probably most surprised to hear from you was Santa Monica. Well, I don't know what you're curious. What's, what was the one you were most surprised to hear on my list? Uh, well, I honestly, I don't think anything was really, sh I, I, well, there was two. Number one was the amount of party games that you have on your list. I, um, <laughs> that, that's my life. That's my life. The ones that I listed that's are ones I played a lot of. Um, yeah. But, uh, and then also, honestly, how low on your list Wingspan was. Honestly, I just, that blew my mind. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just, well, you'll see where Wingspan landed for me. Uh, cause it's coming. Yeah. Yes. Cause it's coming. I Foreshadowing mean, folks. Uh, <laughs> that's, that was my highest ranked game of games we ranked last year. There's no way it's not higher on my list than where you have it. That's insane. So those are my two. It shuffled around. Those are it my definitely two shuffled around. I, I, I had it higher on the list, but then I started thinking about plays that I've had versus plays against other actual human beings and like games that people want to get to the table, games that I want to get to the table. And while I really enjoy Wingspan, it isn't something that we've played since four packs ago. Something like that, or may maybe we played once since then. And th I feel like there's some justification behind that, but I also feel like we just have so many other games to play that I can't really Yeah, I'm with you. I understand that, but yeah, I get it. it. It bounced around on my list. I, I had it higher at first. It was in the top 25, and then I started looking through more games, and I'm like, I got to bump this down because this is just better. This is just better. And maybe it's not necessarily that it's better. Maybe there's some yeah. recency bias. Maybe there's some, which you'll, you'll hear some stuff next, next episode. I can't wait to get mad at you. What? <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but then again, I'm looking. Yeah. I'm, I'm I can't looking wait at to 
say Hansa Teutonica <laughs> again, and you'll be like, wait a minute. Yeah, but I'm looking – again, I was looking at, you know, the next list for me, and I'm like, yeah, I can see – okay. Uh, it's uh, – spoiler alert, we're not out of the crossover realm, but I technically think games are better than Ryan does, so we'll see. <laughs> Well, I have a lot of newer stuff in my top 25, um, which, you know, is kind of a testament to some <coughs> yeah, I have advice. Some- but also, I played some really good stuff the last two years. Some really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know that, yeah, too. Yeah, I have um, – uh, I, I, there are a few uh, new games that are in my top 25. Not as new as Bad Company, I don't think. Like, But obviously, in last year-ish or last year adjacent, there's a few. Yep. There's um, – some games that uh, I think uh, are newer versions of some of the other games in my, you know, the second, you know, the bottom half of my 50. Yeah. And there are some games that I just think, um, just based on our experiences playing, that and <laughs> they have to make the list. <laughs> There's no way they're not on the list, you know? Yeah. I'm, so, I'm in the same boat. Uh, but. <clears throat> We've had so much fun over the last couple of years with with some of these titles that they had to get up there. And some of them were on the top 25, and some of them fell, and, and yeah, so yeah. we'll see what that mix looks like. But yeah, we're getting into some of my favorite two-player games. One, that. again, is one is a more recent one, but the other one is a uh, was out of print for a long time. Uh, came into print. So, Shh, don't oh, sorry. spoil it. Sorry, I'm getting Don't spoil sorry. a surprise. I just want to keep talking about games. We can just <laughs> roll right into it. Make this a double, a, two, a two-parter. <laughs> We get to bed at two o'clock. <laughs> Don't put a hole in the table. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to save it because uh, we're almost at two hours and, and I'm sure people are getting tired of listening to what we think is the favorite. But if you're not, <laughs> please check us out online at playgameslosefriends.com. Yeah. What a segue. You can check us out on Instagram at playgameslosefriends. You can check us out on Twitter at PGLF Show. You can also email us at playgameslosefriends at gmail.com. If you want to ask any questions, uh, think of a topic that we could discuss or just tell us that we're wrong. None of these games are worth being in a top 50 list. Also, if you can and you like the show, please leave us a good review on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just chuck a nice review in there with some with some nice comments and that'll help get the show out to more folks. Otherwise, uh, thank you for joining us for this first half of the list. We're looking forward to doing the second half. So hopefully we'll see everybody back here in about two weeks, depending on Ken's Eagles <laughs> hangover and or sorrow. And in the meantime, uh, any top 25 words of wisdom for everybody before we head out? Uh, yeah, definitely. If you agree with me uh, that Wingspan should not have been that low on Ryan's list, uh, you can definitely drop us that email or hit us up on Instagram and tell us that uh, you agree with me and not Ryan. And if you agree with me that Hansa Teutonica is a top 50 game and one of the best uh, Euros out there, you can also post on there with a hashtag <laughs> Ken is wrong about Hansa. Hashtag Ken is wrong about Hansa. Thank you, everybody. Right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We will be back in a couple weeks with the rest of this countdown. And then after that, business as usual will resume. Uh, I think we're working on some interviews behind the scenes, so hopefully we'll have some of those scheduled soon. But otherwise... Until then, enjoy your games, don't lose your friends, and have a lot of fun, everybody. We'll see you soon. Later. Later.